Yo, Joburg, everybody. It's episode 224 of Self Same GI Joburg. My name is Steve. I'm your host. I'm joined by my best buddies in the game. It's Paul. Yo, whoa, 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 whoa. What's up, everybody? And Rob. It's me. Hey, Roberto. Roberto. <laughs> guys, without actually having any fanfare, our 10th anniversary came and went in the month of October. Uh, we already celebrated 200 episodes um, earlier this year, but truth be told, the podcast, at least the anniversary of the first episode we ever recorded, was somewhere in the middle of October, and we didn't even do a damn thing to ring it in. So we're going to remedy that in this episode by dusting off some terrific responses that we had, which I have to admit, I was a little skeptical about asking for in the first place. Mm. Uh, we basically took to, the, took to the socials at the beginning of the year to uh, gauge everyone's favorite G.I. Joburg memories. And I was like... <sighs> Guys, that's a little self-indulgent, but <laughs> it's testimony to people who've been with us through thick and thin, who actually can recall times when or things, events uh, in our history that, that they really enjoyed, be it a review that they really connected with, or be it our Road to Jokon process and the documentary that came out of that, or just, you know, having us week to week or fortnightly or once every other month <laughs> our release <laughs> schedule was pretty scrappy in the beginning but anyways gentlemen another week has passed just at the outset how's everyone feeling <laughs> good but it's been a, a mad week <laughs> oh but, yeah tell me about it oh uh, no man it's just uh celia was away in bloemfontein for the whole week so i was Shame. the i was in the castle <laughs> mm -hmm. by myself and um I worked out some very interesting culinary creations. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I actually, I actually didn't. Although, um, uh, Steve, you might actually be surprised to learn that I have, uh, because, you know, Celia's a uh, pescatarian, uh, we do get a lot of like the vegetarian quote unquote meat um, in the house. And I've been trying to experiment with it. Like we've got these like sm smoky bits and stuff. I've been experimenting with it on pizza. And I gotta say, on pizza, it's okay. <laughs> so, what, um, dude? Everything works on pizza. <laughs> exactly. That's that's why it's a win. Or, except for chia seeds, I've also started eating chia seeds, and it's not because I'm some kind of new age hipster or something. Um, and even if I was, it's not like it's the worst thing in the world. Um, it's just that I went for like at the kung fu thing, I did like an assessment with Sifu, and they did this whole like thing and yeah so there's a whole bunch of foods they want me to eat so i'm eating them as part of my training and i'm eating them with tears in my eyes i'd just like everybody to know that so. <laughs> poorly 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 part of the training years old, he eats yeah. like a 10 year old <laughs> yeah. but uh, robbie, it's, it's what's your it's news not too bro? terrible robbie yeah yeah, yeah. good uh, welcome to the human race paul yeah it's time to eat real food um <laughs> can't survive on swedish fish <laughs> i wish i could eat swedish fish more often anyway <laughs> yeah and my, my week's been pretty pretty decent i think um i made a lot of progress in the final fantasy 14 online game i'm playing 
uh, story-wise, and things are getting really interesting now. Four, four expansions in, like, things are actually interesting. <laughs> Kidding. Things are interesting all along, but, like, things are getting even more interesting. So I'm really excited to keep going and see where things go with the story. Nice. For my mm. part, um, eagle-eyed listeners, uh, people who are quick on the draw, might have realized that last week's episode was uploaded and then disappeared for a time and then was re-uploaded. Reason being, mea culpa, guys, I'm responsible for throwing some shade in episode 223. Uh, a local Australian dealer of toys who happens to specialize in G.I. Joe. I mean, he has pretty much everything on a week-to-week -week basis. Does claim sales, does auctions, does, does regular, regular sales. Anyways, he is getting the HasLab Skystriker in uh, at, at great cost. Um, and he did a breakdown of his costing, and it's actually pretty reasonable when all said and done, because, boy, oh boy, there are a lot of hidden costs to getting these toys from the United States or wherever they're being produced from China into Australia. Anyway, I basically was having a go at HasLab <laughs> for their, you know, their costing and how the trickle down affected everyone particularly the end consumers in foreign territories and of course of course it seemed like i was having a go at uh, at the dealer the middleman um which yeah look I'm, I'm just gonna put up my hand and say so sorry uh that's that that's out of bounds man you're doing the best job you can and and we're very pleased to have someone who is taking the time and the efforts to get these sky strikers into the country so yes i'm, I'm sorry if it seemed like I was taking having a go at you personally but uh to be honest I'm just a guy of very modest means and I'm not loving the price tag that these things carry it's a bit of a wallop for what it is that's a huge factor of kind of playing into my decision making anyways let's close the chapter on Sky Striker for now um as I've said before I don't want to kind of stand on my soapbox and either kind of rave about it or deride it people need to make up their own minds because everyone's circumstances are different uh, it's looking like a pretty elite edition of this toy that is beyond dispute whether it's within your personal uh preference to to support it uh whether you can afford to support it or you feel like for the money it's not justifying having you know a reissue albeit probably the best issue of this toy. I don't know. It's all sight unseen at this point. I'm never back to HasLab. I don't think this is the one. Anyways, gents, there's a story that I wanted to follow up on. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about a guy who basically bought from a, a sort of former Hasbro VP's garage sale, a bunch mm. of like bagged 90s GI Joes and stuff. Yes. I seem to recall something like that, yeah. Right. It was some weeks back. Anyways, that lot in its entirety, I think, as far as I can tell, was listed on eBay. Whoa. Wow. Yes. That's something. That is something. Was I mean, of all the things that I could have like looked at, I was like, oh, look, is that something? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> carry on. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Damn. So this, this lot was... A, a, an auction start price of $3,000 US with a buy it now price of $4,000. Mm. 
Mm. And it was over in minutes, I believe. Yeah. Because some, you know, obviously people bid like 3,000, 3,001, you know, increments. And then someone just came in and rolled heavy with the, the 4,000 uh, asking price. Hey. But it doesn't end there. Someone else, the losing bidder, took to uh, Facebook and wow. well, just decried how, how close he was to getting this lot. Um, and there's a scoop there. <laughs> there is indeed That's a Rob's scoop. line. It's a Captain Gridiron. But uh, <laughs> if, if you are looking at the YouTube version, let me direct your attention to the top five rows. Uh, there are multiples of the cancelled 1995 Ninja Commandos. It's mm. a full set. They've got Storm Shadow, Flint, Road Pig, uh, Takedown, I think his name is, or Takeout, Take, whatever. Do you um, even lift, bro? And Budo. <laughs> I can okay. see those pigs from here, man. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so the story doesn't end there. This caused so much buzz on social media that the seller cancelled the sale. He must have gotten bombarded with counteroffers because he clearly underestimated the value of what he had. Mm. I mean, those you could sell like two off. maces there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Good iron and scoop, yo. Those dudes. I, I, I've, been, scoops, I've been told. I've been told conservatively that the, you know, the, the going price for Ninja Commandos, this unproduced line that there are a few limited quantities of produced figures, like fully painted, ready figures now available. I mean, this has clearly doubled or trebled or quadrupled the 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 number that's currently in existence. Anyways, conservatively, this could get five figures, uh, in dollar value. Wow. Someone was even saying as much as 20 It's the Cyber Viper, hey. In <laughs> giant <laughs> troll, Paul. Like, <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sorry. This is getting you back you for last week. <laughs> so, I mean, people are angry all around. People who've lost out. People who wanted to get in with a, a steal. I mean, it's crazy money. But mm. you could sell a handful of those and make it back. Thoughts, gentlemen? I, I saw this picture on Facebook the other day of those figures and I was checking them out and I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, but aside from the Budo, none of them are like really exciting to me. Like <laughs> Paul, if you want my it opinion. It doesn't matter what they look like. Like p completionists or, or just yeah. general enthusiasts out there would pay mad money. No, it is historically significant. Like I get that. That's cool. I mean, there's that whole collectible side. That one dude in the middle, the purple guy, looks like he should be in He-Man. Anyway, in fact, they all look like they should be in He-Man. <laughs> Carry on. I think, I think in, that's in Flint. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Either that or the the, the, the the original character, Takedown or something. This Anyways, is, is that like pull my hair, Flint? It's I'm something... Just, I'm just curious. It's, Beautiful. Sorry. Well, yes, it's Gimp Flint for, uh, you know, we, we do know who really wears the pants in their relationship between him and, and Lady J. So, yeah, B ball gag included. Um, so, the write-up on JoJo.com 
says that back in 1996, there were rumors that the Ninja Commandos actually ran through a production run of 10,000 figures, and these figures were sitting unsold. However, as of 2003, Hasbro had no record of these figures, and it seems highly unlikely that they will ever be released. Well, they were released from this particular Hasbro uh, ex-employee's attic Mm -hmm. or garage, wherever. Yeah, they're out. Um, I tried looking for this lot online on on eBay to try and Mm -hmm. find the, the ended listing. And let me just tell you, when you type in the word huge on eBay... The search results are highlighted. <laughs> <laughs> huge dildo. Huge teddy bear. <laughs> huge butt plug. And indeed, huge teddy bear. But like, yeah, I was going for huge G.I. Joe lot. And uh, yeah, the first hit was, was not that. Really not as popular as we <laughs> thought it would be. <sighs> so like... Anyways, good times. Um, I wonder if the I wonder if like in Malaysia or something, there isn't like an abundance of these figures. Like like in the nineties, I wouldn't be surprised if some factory shop because they were all cancelled, just dumped all of their stock onto the streets. You know, into the, you know, like all the the toy sellers and everything there. Um, because, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm sure I, I I'm sure or I'm hoping that somewhere it comes out that there's a whole bunch of Asian collectors now that that now have these. Can you imagine, like, on eBay in the next, like, th- uh, three or four weeks, all of a sudden these Ninja Commandos start popping up on eBay and you can get them, you know, they ship from Hong Kong or ship from Malaysia or whatever, and they're, like, $500 each or $1,000 each or something ridiculous. And then I wonder how rare they really are. I mean, Hasbro might not have had more than what they had, you know. <laughs> they're slightly less rare now, <clears throat> but I think seeing something like this up for grabs they're mint and they've just been pulled out of their baggies like will definitely increase the appetite for these in people that otherwise wouldn't have heard of them it's like oh there's a a thing that i can throw my money at that's gi joe that Mm. you know never saw store shelves like absolutely um and to answer a question in the chats from andrew Mm. mr mc dj were these figures ever carded or just loose I don't know. There are cards in existence. Yojo.com has an example of um, Storm Shadow on card. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It, this is where we need one of our, our key chroniclers like Carson Metaxas on the show to clear all that up. Because, yeah, this is definitely something that 3D Joes could sink their forensic teeth into. It's always exciting to see something new, though. Like, like just when you think you've seen everything... To see something, you know, that you never expected. Like, that, that is cool, you know, if I can mention that. Because I wasn't, I mean, I, I thought we had seen everything. I mean, if you've trolled uh, yojo.com long enough and followed all of the 3D Joe's uh, videos and articles and everything over the years, I mean, you've pretty much seen everything. And then this appears. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's like... Um, Steve, shame. I don't want to like. I'm, I'm worried that maybe you want to talk about this, but there's also a certain Street Fighter figure that popped up uh, in uh, on our Facebook feeds, um, that surprised me in a big way. I was like, "Whoa, that exists!" Because that's awesome too. Mm. Um, I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. And Steve, like I said, I don't want to steal your thunder there because I've got a feeling you might have had that queued up to talk about as well. Um, no, no, no. Look, I mean, th- apparently there's a, an alternate head on. Uh, Ken Masters movie figure, 
which looks a it lot looks more so like, great. Like yeah, Ken. man, it's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I didn't um, know that existed. It's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Totally, dude. Totally. Anyways, uh, I could talk more new yeah. shit, definitely, uh, and I'll definitely chew some air um, after we've rotated around a little bit. Rob, what are you reading, watching, or playing, my friend? Oh, okay, yeah, let me talk about Apart that from Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't done much reading this week. Uh, during the, the load shedding, I did kind of get back into a Doctor Who novel I was reading. Um, Ooh, what's the title? So it is Illegal Alien. It is um, one of the past Doctor adventures and features the the seventh, eighth Doctor. <laughs> no, no, the seventh Doctor. God damn it. My, my brain today. But anyway, um, it's actually kind of cool. It's set in World War II. They kind of go back then and they, they, he kind of faces off against a kind of a not so advanced uh, group of uh, Cybermen. And kind of like, like what what happens after that? But it's in World War Two, and so that's kind of cool. <laughs> hmm. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So that's what I was reading. I didn't watch much this week with so many like power cuts. Like there was just no not much chance to kind of like sink my teeth into something new. Um. So I've just once again just kept going with Cowboy Bebop. Um. Next Generation. And yeah. Hmm. Guys, I watched the closing minutes. Of the Robo Skull Mark II campaign. Ooh. This is the moment the the bell tolled on uh, the Kickstarter reaching its completion. And oh, hi, obviously Mark. it's funding. I mean, it was a, an absolute uh, foregone conclusion that it would be funded. But this is the moment uh, on screen now when, yeah, Chris McLeod is throwing his hands up in the air. Ben's Shame. looking thrilled. And Mark also, the, the raised fist. The Skeletron Fist. Uh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful to see. I'm actually elated to just having witnessed this, this success story. Uh, it's, it's been a textbook campaign from the people they co-opted at every level, be it artists, mm. the graphic designers, you know, people running the website, the updates on the Kickstarter, uh, the stretch goals of which they, they originally only had six I learned in this live stream but they stretched it out to 13 <laughs> plus additional ideas which they then just kind of added into like you know the existing tiers for instance like the glow in the dark decal sheet which incidentally anyone who's listening to this please these guys are looking for suggestions as to what designs to to put onto the glow in the dark sticker sheet. Ooh. So if you want to help shape this this whole campaign, the Robo Skull itself, what the pack-ins are, like there is still so much opportunity to have your say. And Mark and Ben and the whole team are very very open to that. So yeah, have a word. They're extremely personable. I mean, we've even had some tete-a-tete, um, and I mean like you know we're just a podcast that happened to mention the campaign um but they have approached us and like cool guys man very cool guys cool toy man <laughs> like all yes. of the stuff on there is just so rad like uh i've, I've the only thing i'm like I'm not so like big on and i've said this before is a face mask and i don't like those yellow decals everything else has been <laughs> like super that. win for me i don't the, like them the armored face is is mark's like favorite contribution 
And that's He's cool. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying <laughs> that's the only thing I'm not excited about. There's so many I'm... options for this thing that, I mean, you can take exactly. and not take what you want, really. And I mean, sure. like, dude, I've just, I mean, I, I've got this, like, cool idea for when mine eventually arrives in the future. Um, uh, like, of, of figures I want to put into the Roboskull, you know, <laughs> does it fit? <laughs> you know, um, but that, I, you know, I stopped short of, like, like just tossing into the comments section on the live stream, like that suggestion that I had, you know, if they are indeed super into their Diaclon figures, which Mark actually demonstrated, he, he, he showed a Diaclon figure, like they have incredible articulation at, at what, at a whole one inch tall, these things are pretty cool toys. And I mean, obviously it's not being created. I mean, this is, this is a Takara thing, the Diaclon. So, I mean, it's not like, uh, Skeletron's producing the actual figures, but they are making the Roboskull accommodate them in the eye sockets. Mm. But I just thought, like, should I even deign to suggest that they they mold an additional part, like a bridge that you can kind of overlay into the cockpit section of the Roboskull, which adds further interactivity with the Diaclon figures? It's also a case of, like, the amount of goals that they've put into this project will take them quite neatly up until the, the sort of production deadline. Like, you can't add any more stretch goals because they can't realistically design... Deliver it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, the time mm. frame is starting to become really crunchy uh, with all the additional stuff that they've now put sort of loaded onto their plate. So, man, look, I think everyone in the community should be giving these guys a round of applause whether they supported it or not like this is a wonderful success story and something that we should all take a great interest in um as it develops further they've also and no take agreed, a bow man. gents take a bow and also like can i just say that they have set a precedent like a new standard for for like toys going forwards like i, I know it's like that's quite a big, you know, that's quite a grand statement to make, you know, when we live in a, in a time where we can get like the, the razor crest and all that stuff now, but the Skeletron for its price, what it can do, what they've made, uh, like the accommodations they've built into it, uh, you know, in terms of what can connect to it and everything that is incredible. And that is going to change toys just like, you know, it, and it needed to happen because I think too many of the big companies have been sort of settling nicely in a we'll just give them that and this rubber skull i think is going to shake things a little bit i think i, I think uh, so, some of the bigger companies are going to take notes and they're going to realize that oh okay well you know maybe we should be doing a little bit more and how did they get away with that for that price and it's like hmm <laughs> so i kind of really dig what they've done there so to the guys at rubber skull or at skeletron should i say Nice one for that one. That's that's awesome. I'm I'm excited, man. Like I said, like you can see it in the comments. MCD is like, Paul, you smelling some Heberg action with the Roboskull? <laughs> mm -hmm. Paul, funny you should say Heberg. I mean, there's a digital render that's been done <laughs> of a custom job. That's that. Uh, oh man, who is this gentleman? Troy McKee, a freelance designer. And he's going to do a, a custom paint job of this the rubber skull with Skeletor's coloring. 
So <laughs> a purple skeleton, <laughs> a purplish cowl. Uh, the wings will be done in kind of Skeletor's skin color, and the face is that sickening greenish, yellowish. Love it. Uh, skeleton face. Uh, it's just sublime. And first of many customs, I'm sure. I'm sure there are people licking their chops right now, wondering, what can I do with this gorgeous toy? No, I think Bart's uh, airbrush is going to get a bonus soon as well when that thing arrives. <laughs> because, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect fodder for, for creativity. I don't want to say mm -hmm. fodder. It's perfect canvas for, for creativity. Ugh. Fodder. Shh. Horrible word. I know that the, the burning question on anyone who hasn't been following the Kickstarter for Roboskull Mark II is, now that it's done, can I still get this product? The answer is absolutely you can. I would check out uh, Skeletron's socials or just go to the Kickstarter page. Um, there will be ways of getting this product even after the Kickstarter has, has closed. So don't you worry. You have not missed out. Uh, you might have missed some of the, the, the backer perks. Um, don't quote me on any of this. Maybe all of it is up for grabs. There's certain exclusive um, decos like the, the Roboskull Special Edition paint job, I believe, which is exclusive to the Kickstarter, stuff like that. But as for getting this in hand, don't worry, you have not missed the boat. Yes, Paul, what have you watched? <laughs> Yay! Jeez, <laughs> um, like it's amazing. Um, like now I'm like... I'm on the spot. Uh, no, I did finish Squid Game. Yay. Mm. I finished Squid Game. Worth and it? I'm with Rob. Disappointing. Uh, no, no, it's actually totally worth it. I'm very impressed with the show. I kind of feel like... Um, I understand why it's getting the hype and attention it deserves. And I know I've said this every time. But if you haven't watched it, please watch Battle Royale. Even better, read the manga. But Squid Game is great. And it's its own thing in a lot of ways. I, I just... Um, I don't necessarily understand the hype, but I do appreciate the performances and appreciate the way the, sh uh, the show was done. And, you know, we were kind of talking about dubbing and subbing and all that good stuff. Yeah, totally check it out, subbed. Um, come, and then, you know, we, we sort of briefly touched on Cowboy Bebop. I love that show still. And something I'm excited to watch. And I'm hoping that when we do the next episode of the show, I can, you know, go full retard on this or full uh, nerd on it. But uh, Ghostbusters comes out on your birthday, Steve. Or at least it does here in South Africa. Hey. Also, hey. I wanted to call you out on this the last time. When I asked you why you've got a good feeling about it, you said that it's being reviewed favorably by fans. Yeah, by now, this... Hmm? Like focus groups and tests and, and screen tests and whatnot. Now, my understanding is the philosophy behind those is, of course, you're going to give it a glowing... glowing review because you want to be invited back if you've cracked the nod of a big film studio and your opinion is regarded as important enough for them to take you to one of these privileged screenings like mm -hmm. you've been converted to a, a yes man effectively uh, so, like i agree mm, with that there, there is a grain of salt my that. friend there have been a lot of YouTube uh, YouTubers. Um, I haven't watched their videos, obviously, because I don't want any form of spoiler or want anybody else's opinion. Well, not true. It's not that I don't want anybody else's opinion. I just um, 
I don't want to hear a detailed opinion because it's going to give away things in the in the movie. Because as much as people don't want to spoil stuff, we invariably do. Um, but there have been a few YouTube videos of guys that don't like it. And um, there have been a few mentions of it kind of, you know, just being uh, like, like the one thing that has been said is that it's a movie that strokes a fan's ego in that it does everything that it pushes all the right buttons for fans. Um, but the guy, the comment that this guy made, it, it's not like it's favorable. You know, he didn't like make it out like, oh, it's going to, you know, it's going to like flick your Ghostbusters bean. It's more like, <laughs> well, it's going to tick all the boxes for you kind of vibe. So, I mean, I have seen that kind of uh, critique or criticism leveraged at it. Um, but it's not just people's opinions that are, have got me excited. I mean, like that was like the tip of the iceberg. I just feel like they've done a lot right. Uh, one of the major things I'm very excited about is like, I dig Paul Rudd. I feel like he is a Ghostbuster. Like he's just the right fit for that movie, in my opinion. I like having the kids there. The kids work for me. Uh, it, it actually makes sense that the kids are in that the film. Kids and work for me. Work <laughs> for me. No, but I mean like, like just remember like, you know, I, I was lucky enough at six years old to have a Ghostbusters proton pack, um, you know that cool little that cool little one from the from the real Ghostbusters show, and I wore that thing everywhere. Shame, I think I embarrassed the crap out of my mother because I took that thing everywhere, dude, everywhere. Um, I was never oh. a big Ghostbusters guy, and yet I think my parents thought I was because I had the ghost trap in the sort of the role play so cool. line, but I also had the Ecto one and a full set of the Fright Features figures. Like I had mm. all of them. Like, okay, <laughs> thanks guys. I guess there was just the the, the must-have toy that Christmas. It so could have been. I got the full set. Like, Shame, I think I could have done I far think... worse. No, exactly, dude. I mean, uh, you know, if I if I contrast that with my experience, I had some of the ghosts. Um, I think I had the the American football player. I had Granny Gross, and I had the toilet. Mm. I think it's called you Fearsome Flush. I had the toilet. <gasps> You're so cool. <laughs> Um, so and I had a what a bizarre Egon. action figure, an action right. figure of a toilet with a mouth. <laughs> with mouth, it's just so great. It's just, bizarre. and I, I'm actually so sad that that's just disappeared. But uh, one day, one day, maybe I'll get my hands on on one of those. But uh, I also had the Egon, and I had a Peter Venkman fright features, and that was, uh, and then of course my proton pack, which you know was replete with a PKE meter and the neutrino wand and mm. the little Ghostbusters patch that you could strap on your arm. That was what super, was your super play cool. pattern, Paul? Were you dude, I just ran around in the ghosts? park nailing ghosts, dude. <laughs> I had <laughs> my PKE meter and I was like, there's ghosts here. And then I'd like pull out the neutrino wand and I'd drop the PKE meter because I didn't have any way to put it. And I'd like, you know, I'd put in that like yellow sponge because it came in like a, a yellow sponge uh, proton stream <laughs> that you popped in the top oh, cool. there. And I just, <laughs> 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 a little button made like a sound and i just i busted ghosts all the time i used to walk with that thing on my back to school and then shame Eunice had to like take it back home because <laughs> she'd and walk you, with me to school and then she'd give me my school back and her. i'd give her the proton pack oh, God. <laughs> uh, Hilarious. but i never had any of like the toys beyond that like it's really crazy so to hear well, that you've had all of them that's really cool dude they you know? well they they they're wasted on me i mean rob we never once played ghostbusters like yeah we used That's the Ecto crazy. One for the X Force, like that was Cable's main ride. <laughs> <Hilarious>. <laughs> <laughs> the 
those poor mm. figures just sat in the you know i think we, we 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 kind of like as we were starting to play a game we would just take them out and be like oh look at the cool features and then dump <laughs> them back into the into the crate <laughs> as far as what i've been watching this past week i took myself to the cinema because elliot's Whoa. been sleeping like a champ and uh treated myself to no time to die oh the new bond and i don't know what portion of it was just my general enjoyment of the cinematic experience because we all know that's been missing in our lives like mm. hearing people on either side of you talking eating popcorn squeaking loudly on those crappy well uh, poorly maintained chairs mm. you know like just just the the ambiance of the live experience in public. No, no, I'm being facetious. Basically, like being at the cinema was a delight. It's a yeah. treat to be immersed in the experience of it. Like Rob, you, me, and my girlfriend at the time used to go once a week. It didn't matter what was on. We'd be like, we are going to the cinema this week. We're going to pick something when we get there. It's simple as that. Like based on what reviews or like maybe you had a compelling argument as to why we should see that Star Trek movie instead of that rom-com, you know. <laughs> um, but basically like gone are the days of this being a ritual, which is so sad. And I've yeah. really missed it. I mean, uh, I was two years since this thing, uh, since COVID has begun and probably a little before that. I mean, I haven't gone. Well, it's... emotional stuff, man. I was I was riveted watching trailers. I mean, <laughs> Steven Spielberg's West Side Story never looked better. I'm like, oh god, this looks so good. <laughs> uh, but they also showed Dune, uh, which I look forward to seeing in December. It looks amazing. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, perhaps more a more thrilling ride than the the 1984 version, which, by the way. Um, screen junkies with their honest trailers did such a great job just lampooning Dune 1984. Dude, I, I realize what it car. is about that film, but the, basically, so much monologue, so much internal monologue, so much narration is like, like whispered. It's well, it's thought. all whisper. Is it? Come thought. on, man. You it's can't whisper thoughts. in a book unless, what do they use? They smaller, smaller font, smaller typeset. No, they do. Oh, you man. just know that they're thinking, yeah. It's a directorial yeah. choice. The actors are on set and they're like, and if I do this, maybe everyone will think that the words I'm saying are really deep. <laughs> you really <laughs> think I'm, I'm a very, dreamer and I'm not the only one? Very facetious <laughs> about a film that I have only seen a handful of times as a child. Oof, I love um, that movie though. And, and fully wanting it to be like the video game, like where's where's the Sardu car? Where's the the trike? <laughs> the ornithopter? Yeah, look, um, it didn't deliver in that department. But this film looks like a beautifully shot uh, space opera, um, and so you're right in being moved, like you you were, Paul, um, because also it was a return to to, to theaters for you. Uh, yeah, so, exactly, so yes, man. Getting back to Bond. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Apart from the fact mm. that I needed to pee quite ferociously after drinking a cider. Like, don't drink alcohol in the cinema unless you <laughs> plan on filling that, that sippy cup back up. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> always a mistake. Why is it alcohol passes through you a lot quicker than anything else? I should ask the missus. 
see if Dr. Helen <laughs> has anything to say. <laughs> Dr. Jabba, but, Dr. Kim, but whatever. If I, if I can ask, there's one thing I want to ask you about the Bond film quickly. Mm. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of comparisons to Metal Gear Solid. A lot of guys have, have basically said that it cribbed some of the plot from Metal Gear Solid 2. I think it's more likely a crib from Siphon Filter, at least from the the few plot details I know of. James Bond is not a franchise that is innovating anymore. It's a franchise that is definitely cognizant of trends in the genre and following them. So Mm. it was Jason Bourne in the, you know, the 20, well, in the noughties. Well, basically, when Casino Royale came to screens, that was a harder edge, a more physical Bond. That was the Jason Bourne era. And yeah, absolutely. There's there's very much a Metal Gear vibe at times in this one. Um, it's certainly the most tactical I've ever seen Bond. You know, he's looking legit, guys. Even though he, he's um, seemingly conducting a very highfalutin conversation on his earpiece while, you know, taking out guards with his silenced uh, assault rifle. You know, mm. it's it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, if you're a fan of Metal box? Gear Solid, if you're a fan of Bond, if you're a fan of G.I. Joe, it's it's great. Then great I'm gonna totally child check actor. It. Oh my goodness. Hey, listen, that's that's enough endorsement for me to go watch it, you know? So. Mm. Mm. And, and um, oh, Ana de Armas. Jeepers. What an absolute knockout. Mm. Apparently <sighs> very powerful on screen. That's uh, a... <laughs> The a... plunging neckline. It's extremely powerful. Deliver a, a sweep <laughs> kick and not uh, have a nip slip. That's, yeah, that's superpowers right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like, uh, well, uh, at the risk of moving away from the what are we watching reading side of things, did you guys oh, get anything move. cool and new this week? Oh, boy. Uh oh. No, not me, not me. But uh, well, I feel like Stephen's got another outback. Let us have it, Steve. <laughs> it is the lead up to my birthday, after all. Of course, mm. that's why I'm asking. <laughs> so I, I've got a few boxes nestled under the. Well, it's not the Christmas tree just yet. It's uh, just a tree. <laughs> the birthday garden. tree. The <laughs> birthday tree. Uh-huh. Um, but guys, you know, last week there were three things that I've soured on. Right, the one was the Haslab, the other was. Oh, uh, I forget. But the third was the Transformers. And hmm. boy, boy, have I come around on that one big time. I have been swept up in Beast Wars recently. Uh, the reason being most likely I have to reveal on next week's pod when the birthday swag is unveiled. But if you can dial your, your minds back to the mid-90s, when Wizard Magazine and Toy Fair Magazine ruled our toy landscape. Mm. The toy that was routinely number one in the top 10 hottest toys was none other than Optimus Primal from Beast Wars. And I don't know if you were the same as me, Rob, but we coveted that toy. Was he it the same like for a you, lot of fun. A lot of fun. I was swept up in the magic of this toy. Never saw it at retail, obviously. Uh, but man, they definitely they definitely gave it a lot of mileage in the pages of those magazines. I remember clearly a gag that they they poked fun at old Optimus Primal with um, standing him side by side with G1 Optimus, you know the truck, saying like, 
I transform into an 18-wheeler truck trailer. And then Optimus Primal answers by saying, I throw my own feces. <laughs> Stuff like that. Anyways, it didn't yeah. dull the fact that this toy seemed amazing to me. And, I mean, it's not difficult to count the ways. Like, hidden blades in his back, hidden shoulder cannons that spring forward and have firing missiles, a hidden dual missile launcher concealed in his fist that also springs out at the push of a button, a concealed flail um, mace device thing. What else? transformation <laughs> the um the alien mask head anyways this might be going over everyone's heads because this is a gi joe podcast after all and we've talked a record low number of gi joe at this point but i want this toy badly it's time to scratch this 30 year old itch 25 year old itch <sighs> but where how there's a reissue that's a Walmart exclusive. But there must have been something in the waters, gents. Because I went to um, this shop in, oh, it's called Big W. It's the equivalent of Walmart. Looking for the Kingdom uh, Optimus Primal. Which, granted, for all its like modern era or modern construction and svelte, still wouldn't scratch the nostalgia itch like having the original wood. And lo and behold, mm. what do I see? They've got <laughs> the oh, bloody word, slugs out. reissue. <laughs> They've got them. They are so case fresh that they haven't even put the price uh, tags on the, the, um, the shelving. <laughs> so I had to take the box to one of those like barcode scanners to find out how much it cost. Incredible. So yes, they've I love Elliot's primal. Face. Yes, my boy's like, I don't give no fucks. Where I'll do what dad does, <laughs> but a baby version. <laughs> uh, they've got Rat Trap and Cheetor. Um, oh, so just, cool. It's, guys, it's 1995 again. <laughs> so cool. Gonna party An opportunity like to buy these. 1995. My Cheetor is actually here with me. Or... It's a cool toy, but this is it the is original. It is a cool toy. Well, I don't have the original. I got the, the, the new one, but it is a cool toy. I love how its butt becomes a weapon. Nice. <laughs> it's butt and it's gut. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I'm talking about the original once again. It's so annoying how the Kingdom version doesn't have a, a blaster because when you see the there's like a, a two pack and he has got a blaster and you can actually see a little bit of the like sort of gut in the design this of the is blaster. Kind so cool. of why like the the new interpretations aren't doing it for me. Like, I saw mm. them, they're nice, they're certainly, like, they're, they're mini masterpieces, but they kind of streamline themselves to the point where they start taking away features. And mm. to have Cheetor without a gun, I mean, let's face it, Beast Wars was some pretty trigger-happy shit. I remember, like, watching the episodes of the cartoon and immediately, like, acting it out on the lawn, and we were just mm -hmm. shooting the shit out of everyone. Like, those kind of plasma balls that the weapons typically dispensed. But um, I stopped short of buying the reissue because i looked at some comparative re reviews on the youtube and sadly as the way these things always seem to go the reissues are of a lesser quality the joints oh. are looser the plastic in places is not as high finish um it's patchy like there's certain patches that are shiny black plastic 
certain patches that are like a kind of a more malleable matte uh, black plastic. But I looked online and saw an Optimus Primal. Oh, cool. Just missing a missile, missing a missile, uh, going for less than the asking price of the the reissue. So I'm probably going to pounce on that. Nice, dude. So I'm happy sorry, day. I got so excited seeing that slug in the background. I didn't realize he was out yet. Mm-hmm. So it's been out for a while, I'm afraid, buddy. And, yeah, but um, the stores get it seen, before BBTS does. So have you seen how many Dinobots they've got? Like this store is swimming in Dinobots. He's reduced to twenty-eight dollars Australian, which is three hundred rand. I don't That's know why. I just wild. don't like. Like, here's a good example of what you're Dinosaurs talking about. Dinosaurs are the best. <laughs> I've got that. Um, I've got the vintage Dinobot. Um, you've seen him in my place. Pardon me. <clears throat> And I think that's a much better toy than the Kingdom version. I think the Kingdom version definitely has some things that are cool about it. Um, but I think the, the vintage in that case is actually the better toy. It's way more fun. Um, and I think they got the Raptor down better. The Velociraptor mm-hmm. look is so much better. Technically, Dinonychus, but let's not go there. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, man. Steve, that's awesome, dude. Mm. I'm, I'm like quite excited. I'm quite surprised that yeah that you're going for a, a Optimus Prime 180 on Transformers. Yeah, well, yeah. what can I say? Power back to sweet, damn dude. We these, are toy collectors. We stick It's my jam. It's my jam, guys. And it's taken me a while to come around to this, but to get in at the at the sort of the ground floor again, because I'm know. so glad you didn't say to get in at the butt. Carry on, <laughs> monkey butt. <laughs> The reissue is going for 85 Australian. Um, I'm trying to haggle the eBay guy down to 65. No, 60. He, he's auctioning it for 80. I put in an offer for 50 because I'm <laughs> super thrifty. Um, and he's asking for 65. I'm going to ask for 60. See how we go. But he, he said it was missing the flail. And then I said, won't you check the arm? Because it stores inside the arm. And he's like, oh, no, it's there. I'm like, sweet. Okay. 60. <laughs> Random. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Anyways, Boomtown. That's it for me for new shit, boys, for now. Nice, dude. Damn. Nice. Mm. Yeah, Shoot, man. I, I got this small parcel that arrived this week. Um, it was actually the um, light in a very dark week when i say very dark i'm just referring to the fact that load shedding had just caused a lot of stress with work and this parcel arrived and it was just perfect timing because it kind of arrived um like the uh, like it had just started raining um the fedex guy gets to to my side i'm like yeah i got a new box come inside load shedding kicks in which means i can't do any work anyway so I'm like, oh, well, what's a boy to do but open up some, you know, open a box full of toys from none other than Mr. Ryan Sweeney. Um, mm-hmm. That video is actually currently being edited. The aforementioned load shedding has been slowing me down in, in a terrible way. I've actually, um, I thought I'd be economic and, um, or economical and uh, shoot the unboxing and do some of the review unboxings as well so that when I can get it all out, it'll happen quickly, which is good. But yes, I got a nice box full of awesome goodies from Mr. Ryan Sweeney. And I don't want to spoil too much, but I do want to say it has given me, in fact, both Ryan and Andrew, 
uh, have given me a, a, a bit of a taste for, well, not a bit of a taste, like a serious need for classified Joes. Um, I'm paying a lot more attention to them than I was before, let me tell you that much. And I've been having a kind of a Viper week. I've been enjoying my, um, uh, one of the things that I got out of that box was a Cobra Viper from Classified. And I've just, I've just been on a Viper kick. I've been, I've pulled out the Vintage Viper. I've got my Classified Viper. I even bought the Sideshow Viper uh, here from my folks place. So I've, uh, I've just been on a Viper kick and I've been really, really enjoying, um, just messing around with my Cobra Troopers. Like, I didn't think that those guys would be bringing me so much fun. And here I am. I'm still playing with them. I'm still putting them in situations where they're going on little missions with the Viper. And, you know, where they're getting, like, you know, choke slammed by gung-ho. And it's been great. Actually, who else killed them the other day? I think Duke killed some the other day as well. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, it's been good times all around. Um, and, uh, but I don't want to mention anything else. Because uh, i got to say, some of these classified toys oh my word they are night and day uh when compared to the earlier releases it's it's just it's it's insane and i've got a lot of things to say about these toys now so yeah uh, i've been making my notes i've been writing a script can you believe it for my reviews so just look out for those when they when they drop i will make a noise about them yeah but that's been me for new stuff and i couldn't be happier i'm like i'm like set till christmas i'm cool and just oh. in case anyone was scratching their heads uh this is just Part of that G.I. Joe big lingo that uh, we need to actually like release a glossary of South African terms uh, to help explain. But Hans in the chats asks, all right, I have to ask, what is load shedding? It's basically a scheduled blackout where the power is cut uh, to effectively shed the load, the overburdened load on South Africa's power grid. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, yes, poor planning and uh, mismanagement of our national power supply has wound us up in rather hot water or very cold water because your geezer switched off basically um, mm -hmm. nowadays, which is unfortunate, but it's how we're mm -hmm. dealing with it. So yes, you know that from X, X time of day to X time of day, you will have no power. So plan accordingly. Well, you might know. You might know. Ah, yes. Sometimes they surprise yes. you. Yeah, they surprise you. It's like, oh, we were at uh, level two in the afternoon, but now we're at level four. So um, the entire schedule has changed. So like, <laughs> so you've got to. We know it's like that. lunchtime, but like make dinner now, and then you can light a fire later to re uh, reheat it because you know, <laughs> screw it, you're not going to watch your soapies. <laughs> yeah, it's, world, it's so frustrating. My goodness, it's 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 too much. But at least it's scheduled most of the time, so at least you yes. can kind of plan around it. I mean, obviously. If it ever gets to the point where they can't even schedule the damn things anymore, I mean, then you then you know we're in trouble. Yeah, it's like what does the Joker say? You know, like it's that whole thing about like when there's a plan, nobody panics when there's a plan. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, so I've just been having lots of fun with my toys. Sometimes I've been having fun with them in the dark. Take from that what you will, but uh, classifies are hey, cool. Man. Toys by candlelight is always my jam. Awesome. It's like, yeah, I've been on sneaking missions, night missions. It's great. <laughs> I love the smell of a candle. And I'm not talking scented candles, but just the smell of a wick when it's just been blown out. Or the smell of it burning down. Like, that is the smell of our zombie adventures, Rob. Does that take you back at all? No, it, it does. It does. Um... Every, I mean, I like the smell. It's the same. 
I mean, you don't need scented candles. You just need to blow out a bunch of candles. And I'm, I'm fighting zombies again in a Risen Evil Star Wars S- matchup. Slash Star Yeah, I used to play as Boba Fett. And <laughs> I don't remember. Who, were you Bosch? Leia and Bosch disguise? I think so, yeah. Was there any option, really? We would, and this might be old news to some long-time listeners, but just anyone scratching their heads at the moment, we would be in the Slave 1, or <laughs> Disney doesn't like that term, does it? Uh, Boba Fett's ship. And we set down on some <laughs> far-off planet and do typical bounty hunter shit like, uh, I don't know, pick up a bounty, make some money, uh, hand over a bounty make some money, um, head to the bar. And then at a certain point in the evening, everything kind of gets boarded up. People get off the streets. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we exit the bar, have the door sort of shut behind us. And all of a sudden, like, murmurs are heard uh, and creatures start emerging from the shadows. And all of a sudden, we've got to fight for our lives on our hands. And uh, we have to basically fight from this downtown bar back to the spaceport uh, through hordes of undead. That was a All good game. All by candlelight. And exactly. with, with Resident Evil 2 soundtrack? Was it the second yeah. one that you could play I, as the I CD? Taped, Such a good soundtrack. I taped it off the TV. Oh, you taped it, yes. Yes, because unlike the Wipeout games, you couldn't put the Resident Evil disc yeah, it wasn't into a, a hi-fi. Mm. Mm. So yeah, you didn't get a free soundtrack bonus with your game. But yeah, that didn't stop me from getting the old cassette player, plugging in the wires and recording it. Good stuff. Did you get the occasional dunk, 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 dunk in it? Or should I say? No, I would just, I would just let the ambience play. I wouldn't, oh, okay. um, I wouldn't Doesn't move the character or anything. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Love it. Such a cool game. <laughs> Man. I actually saw somebody listed uh, a full collection of Resident Evil 1 figures uh, oh, I, neat. On, on a South African marketplace. I think he wanted 3,000 Rand for them. It was Ooh. the Cerberus, which is the doggy, and a zombie. And I think I could be wrong. I think it's the Chimera. Those like monkey spider things that are later on in the first game. And there's something else there I just can't recall now. But anyway, it was... Uh, it's Ooh. cool that you bring up Resident Evil. It's just funny yeah, how... He's got like, a you Leon and a Claire. I mm. want. He had a Chris so and a Jill. Funny. So you don't have the Leon and Claire. Sorry, dude. Oh, well, I'd go for it. It's Chris and a Jill with their included zombies. Mm. Yes, please. Anyways, um, mm. once again, totally off the topic. But back onto the topic of G.I. Joe. Back onto the topic of Outback. <laughs> 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 of course. I mean, what, what episode would be complete without this guy? Um, I know I'm probably the only G.I. Joe collector in the world who takes clean screws out of his figures and puts rusty screws in, uh, particularly figures that I use in and out of water. Yeah, I, t- I, I on purpose put rusty screws into their, their legs. But am I the only guy who loosens knee joints on action figures? No, I do that. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes I get by just oiling them. Sometimes I have to take the joints apart and actually buff them down a little bit. Which is what I do, get... yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to be messing with frozen joints. 
not in a figure this old. I have snapped many a knee pin um, that way. The so knee pin nowadays, is... yeah. if Sorry, I, yeah. if, it, if it has any kind of serious resistance, I'm like, no, I've got to get in there. Got to do some, some serious loosening of this joint. Um, I'd sooner have buttery, almost loose joints than something that is super stiff and threatens to snap plastic. So yeah, maybe I'm alone, but um, I certainly, like people are always saying, yeah, are the joints stiff? I'm like, I don't want the joints to be stiff. If someone's trying to sell, like use it as a selling point for an action figure, I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, Play it with condition, please. Like preferably not clicky clacky at the knees, you know. Yeah, no, but, you're fighting action. But that, that too would be preferable to a frozen joint that I have to then painstakingly work in fear of of it snapping. I was, also, like, I mean, I, I have the same fear, but my fear comes more from I have a, a Duke and I bent his knee once and then a chip from his quad, oh, like a small worst. chip from his knee that popped off. That that uh, devastated. That was devastating. And ever since that, I've been slow, sort of slowly taking. Uh, I I sort of I'll grab a handful of vintage figures and and if I feel like the joints are too tight, I'll open up the quad section there and I will very very gently pull out the um, calf, the lower leg. And if it, if I can't, then I'll just drop it in some hot water. It just it helps it a bit. And what I do is I've got a circular file, um, which I just. I just like do one or two small passes in there, just enough to mm. reduce its friction. And then um, I like to buff that little, like I like to cut off that little bit of sprue on the mm. on the inside of the knee joint. And then like to just give it a bit of a, a, a loose sand as well with a sponge file, like a 400 or a 600 or whatever. And that's Sometimes generally enough. Sanding, sanding isn't even necessary. Sometimes it just needs a clean, like yeah. soap and water to just remove that sort of white residue that creates a kind of a, a an additional layer of thickness. Mm. Yeah. yeah, my I also like I don't know about you, Steve, but I've also found um, from playing from playing with the vintage figures as well. Like I find it almost easier to sometimes pose them when their knees are a lot looser. It's it's an odd thing because I feel like I'll pose the the the, the Joe and it will sort of almost like loosen into its its pose better. So it doesn't fall over so easily. I especially find this like outdoors. Whereas I find that when the joints are too stiff, they kind of get a bit stuck there. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just something I felt it could be completely manufactured in my head. Um, but it's just, that's just some, a feeling I get with the sort of looser Joes. Yeah. It sounds very counterintuitive, but maybe it is a thing. It does, right? It does seem counterintuitive. That, that's exactly it. I was also like, but that's weird. My <laughs> like, Snake Eyes it... version 3 or whatever is the figure I can pose the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, there's a, so loose. I think there's a point. I think there's like when it starts becoming like a super ninja action vintage figure, like too too much floppiness, then yeah, I can imagine it, it, it gets stupid. But like I've got a, my Serana, for example, she, she's got kind of loose knees. And, you know, like she was, I, I posed her up on the table um, with a few other figures. I think it was Thrasher and whatever. And I accidentally bumped the table and all the guys with the more stiff joints fell over. And she was like, okay. She was <laughs> standing. She's standing tall. Maybe it's just Serena. Scuba Pete says, my knee joints are starting to freeze up. 
could use some new ankle rockers too. <laughs> <laughs> I hear Not you, brother. I hear you. My back as well. Cheapers. Like there is no ergonomic position to crane over a child when picking them out of their cot or changing their diapers. It's like it's constant, constant. <laughs> and huge guys. On the sorry, I, I know I was like waxing lyrical about the classified figures, but I never. I keep meaning to talk about that other six-inch GI Joe line. Something that Super Seven's done recently that's like really blown me away um, is they are teasing a turtle van or the potty wagon. Uh, that's pretty amazing, actually, considering like it looks like they want to get into this uh, vehicle action as well. Well, the <laughs> I think that potty wagon is that's probably the same size as his tank. Mm oh yeah definitely his tank yeah mm. absolutely his exactly. tank is quite a, a a compact vehicle and the you know the party wagon in order for it to fit six essentially what like two up front and four in the back mm -hmm. that's and with a seven inch ultimates scaling that's gonna be a considerable bus um right so yeah the, the, I'm the curious possibilities are point. endless Mm. But yes, the second wave of the G.I. Joe Ultimates has been announced. We were supposed to talk about it last week and we totally forgot. Um, maybe that's telling. But it is Destro, Baroness, Flint and Lady J. And that mm. is as complimentary a foursome as you're ever likely to get. <laughs> I can finally play out that episode, the, the Toyland episode. This is awesome. You you can games master you can indeed yes that one <laughs> uh, destro wasn't involved though yes, he, wait, he was he? briefly in the beginning yeah, yeah he's sort of like rallying cobra oh, to try and, it was cobra commander recover I yeah recover now with i got three out of four so that's look good. what you can uh, recreate is the pyramid of darkness episode where destro gets a lava is it lava because Flint and Lady J take a dive into it. A red yeah. gloopy substance of indeterminate qualities. Anyways, he gets it on his face and then buffs it off. You can recreate that because it's got the face covered in red gack and the buffing device. And the buff I think that's order. so cool. <laughs> and I see he's also got a toy for Baroness there as well. Oh, wait, that's oh. a missile. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that would break Baroness in two, unless, well, I don't know, man. One hell of a woman. Anyway. <clears throat> Huge um, dildo. <laughs> I, Huge butt plug. I, <laughs> Huge teddy bear. <laughs> Sorry. I'm I will be honest. The first wave of this, um, I mean, I heard, you heard my thoughts, and I think it's pretty rad, and it's a pretty niche collection of toys and i like the direction they're going in and whatever's wave two is definitely calling to my wallet though mm. it's yeah it's definitely like singing that siren song maybe it's the magical combination of having lady j and flint um as well as destro and the baroness in the set maybe it's just because can you say foursome can you say fo -fo 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 foursome combo um i think it's also all the easter eggs that are included here i mean the first wave kind of you know hinted at that but the second wave seems so cool i mean you mentioned uh destro's whole head buffing 
situation. I see he's got changeable Why? wrist rockets. He's got that big, uh, he's got that massive bazooka. He's got that little control device. And I can't recall where that's from, but I do recall seeing that in the show, which is really amazing. The Baroness is just loaded uh, with all the good, the good stuff. And Flint's got, um, there was one small thing that Flint came with that I thought was quite a, a, a good laugh. I think it was that little communicator. I seem to recall an episode using that for something specific. What? I think it was Not that. Not the damn shovel. We need to get clarification on where that shovel is from. Oh yeah, we do need to check on where that shovel is from. But mm. I just, I'm I quite just tickled really... that they've got Baroness's first comic book appearance weapon, because she and a whole bunch of sort of Cobra officers in Mufti have camera and recording equipment that are actually weapons. And so it's, yeah, it, it doesn't look like a, a camera at all, but this weird sort of sci-fi gun-looking thing was supposed to be her her camera equipment. I mean, it, it's a lovely, lovely inclusion. Though, you know, if you're a stickler, you'd know that Baroness is in Civis at that point. So whatever, don't nitpick, Stephen. And also, I'm not a fan of that assault rifle that they include with her, because I know that oh. comes from the the modern era, not the modern era, the new sculpt era. Um, oh, it's on the 25th anniversary as well. And that then they started using for the 25th anniversary, but it's a poor substitute mm -hmm. for her very much more signature, like Dragunov. 1984. No, it's not a Dragunov. Whatever it is, it's it's uniquely Baroness's. Um, and that oh, sculpt has obviously about. died Sorry. of death. Yeah, yeah, no, her original rifle. As big I still as think that's going to... I was going to say, I think that's going to come with a grayer version of Baroness because this is blue Baroness. So I think when they release black Baroness, I think that gun will come with a pretty It also sure paints her as a sniper, which is a cool use for Baroness. I'd, I'd love mm -hmm. to see her behind the scope of a long gun because, you know, female sniper, just that just works for me, particularly if it's a baddie. Mm. <laughs> and Lady J's got her camera. Fantastic. Right? I mean, yeah, why not? It's totally, like, accurate to the 1985 figure, except it's not uh, lime green. What is also, curious is that she comes mm -hmm. with two alternate heads. So she's got three heads in the box, but none of them have the cap. Missed opportunity there, maybe. If yeah, you are but, a, a stickler mm -hmm. for her toy appearance. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Sort of meant to be cartoon appearance, though. So I mean, mm. they draw from every. On. No, but they do draw from every um, iteration. For instance, Flint has his laser pistol that he would be seen using on the show. He's obviously got the standard XMLR laser rifle, but he also comes with the pump. He's got his trench mm. gun, his shotgun, which mm. is absolutely exclusive to his toy, and. His comic book appearances, but I don't think he ever used it in the cartoon. Yeah, also, I, I think they're leaning more towards cartoon than they are yeah. comics, though. So if, if, sure. if there's a if there's a design choice that can favor cartoon over comics, they'll do it. Mm -hmm. They'll still nod towards, oh, you know, they, they came with the stuff, but this is the cartoon version. <laughs> For instance, think... Destro has the Atari sort of joystick controller. Mm. To uh, control Duke. That he controls Duke. <laughs> yes, that's what it is for. Thank you. But you're going to need two of them if you want Cobra Commander to have a go as well. But then again, uh -oh. you're going to have to then have, what's his name? Um, Ra 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 Rana? Ra Ragnarok? 
barbarian dude. His name. Mm. Yep. In. Yep. Also, uh, I'm just uh, I'm super super happy to see that Lady J has finally been given her sort of MacGuffin in like in in weapon form. It's like the classified she, she line kind of so many tips. It's so cool. It's like the classified line, I feel, did a, a very good thing with that. I thought it was so rad. It was like, yeah, you know, she's got like two spear tips and like the grappling spear tip or whatever. But like looking at this, I was like, damn, Super 7, like you guys really went the extra mile. I mean, you gave us everything pretty much. Um, mm. It's amazing. It's like, it's, I can't believe it's taken this long for us to get like Lady J that's like fully featured, if that makes sense. Like she's got all of the cool stuff. You know, from from the uh, from her cartoon appearance, it's just random. Like Hans is saving our ass in the chats. The barbarian dude's <laughs> name was Rama. Rama. <laughs> um, Ramar. Ah, and the like cool that. thing is, like, I know there's a lot of guys that are like maybe going to turn their nose up to this line. And I mean, I I get that. If it's not your bag, it's not your bag. But if I if I look at this, this is like, well, they they forty five dollars or fifty dollars, if I'm not mistaken. That's a pretty good price for an accessory pack. That comes with a cool figure, if you want to look <laughs> at it that way. I'm not saying it's that. I personally like these. I like the aesthetic. I'm quite a. I'm quite a fan of them. It's just, um, you know, I'm also okay. a fan of eating and paying the rent. <laughs> so I've, I've got to figure out a this. plan. Look, yeah. okay, give me <clears throat> give me a, a likelihood, um, a one out of ten likelihood of you getting one of these. Uh one of the ones that we're looking at here, I would say it's a four out of 10 likelihood. Hmm. Oh, I'm pretty sure you guys can guess Out of the, the full eight? Out of the full eight... Bat. Yeah, actually. Because he works for both scales. Yeah, the bat, the bat is amazing. Like, uh, just because it's the bat. But mm -hmm. this Lady J just uh, ticks the right boxes for me. The only oh. one I actually... Like... The one that I'm like sort of the 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 coldest on is actually the Baroness, but that's just because I don't like blue and yellow Baroness. I've never never warmed to that look. Um, I just don't love it. And uh, Celia's even like looked at it and gone, she doesn't have the sexiness that Baroness uh, Baroness needs. And I'm like, yeah, she's right. <laughs> she's very right with that. Um, but hey, you know, you're not buying these because they're supposed to be sexy. You're buying them because they're great representations of the Sunbow Show. You know. Though, if you are buying them because they're meant to be sexy, that's okay too. For real, man. Mm. Yeah. No sexy yeah, sorry, I just... here on G.I. Joburg. Oh, yeah. What no, you do with your plastic action thing. figures it's... after dark is up it's to your you. business. Mm -hmm. uh, um, also, yeah, no, it's actually. Sorry, I'm just gushing over that Lady J, okay? I just really dig it. And I also love seeing Destra with a, a sort of a menacing laugh. Uh, portrait you know for his for his um... would you buy a baroness and lady j in their eau de cobra appearances oh totally because that's <laughs> such a for me personally that's such a cool episode that was one of the first episodes of gi joe ever watched if i'm not mistaken i think that is the first episode of gi joe ever watched so yeah mommy i want that <laughs> that action figure <laughs> the plan yeah, I, I wonder how they'll plan. do it though if they ever do yeah. it i'm Look, they've got a ways to go, but they, they they seemed, what's the guy's name? I think his name's Rob from Super 7. Um, seemed confident that like this line has legs, man. They got big plans for this. This is a 10-year-plus a like plan. 
that wow. they are enacting. So the, the, the roster will run pretty deep if it gets the support that it needs, I guess. Mm. I mean, this is still like made to order. So get those orders in if you want a piece of the action. And also, like, if it's anything like the Ninja Turtles, and this is not to dissuade people, and I may have said this in an episode before, but with the Ninja Turtles, they did reissue the first two waves because a lot of people felt that they missed out on them. And so they did reissue them. Um, and I think it's just because of their popularity, and, and it is the Ninja Turtles. I don't know if we're going to get the same uh, mercy for the G.I. Joe line from, from Super 7, to be mm. fair. And um, just to clarify, these are... Super 7's Ultimates, which are scaled at 7 inches and not 6, which mm. is infuriating to a lot of collectors because we all want our toys to play nicely together. But this is aimed at being compatible with Super 7's other Ultimates lines, like Silverhawks, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So these properties will all scale nicely together and will probably have a shared aesthetic, whereas Classified, I'm sure we can all agree, has a more modern era toy aesthetic whereas this is a throwback this is like the ultimate realizations of the cartoon appearances anyways mm. let's move the agenda along shall we gents totally <laughs> to the most self-indulgent section of all uh-oh <laughs> robbie sure. uh I believe you're sitting on a great old list of of listener memories that have been shared with us let's crack that one open Heck yeah. Cool. Well, first up, we have a few memories from YouTube. Some people were kind enough to comment and, and say what they've enjoyed most uh, from our, our 10 years. <laughs> um, from Gigashop237 Wild, they said, Blood on the Water seems to stand out for them, especially Major Blood's comment to Rikondo. You remind me a lot of someone I used to know. Oh yeah? Who's that? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's good, it's good dialogue, Stephen. It's good dialogue. Well, that's totally cribbing that notion from uh, the Dark Knight that you you know you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself as the villain. Um, and that's that's true of Major Blood. I think Major Blood is a little bit older, uh, more seasoned. He's seen the life, and he sees in Rikondo an idealistic, proud hero. Who's trying to do the right thing and bloods you know he's seen the ugly side enough to know that he, he just wants to be in it for himself from now on regardless of what that means he'll make deals with the devil he'll work for cobra he'll work for anyone if the price is right so he's like nah boy <laughs> you remind me of me you know about 15 years ago when i still gave a shit uh, so why don't you join me that that's kind of his his his, his end game he wants to corrupt the youth <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm glad i'm glad that dialogue stuck with you thank you very much giga shock and uh, someone else who also really enjoyed some dialogue uh, was brian 705 also on youtube uh a gi joberg memory that sticks out is watching the atlantis factor and the first part of blazing sand with my sister and dad and then we were eagerly waiting for the last two parts to come out I know that the three of us really remember some of Roblox various quips like, Cobra in my kitchen again, eat this! Thanks for all the great content that you guys have made over the years. Yo, Joe! Where's that t-shirt, Paul? <laughs> Cobra in my kitchen again, yo. Damn, man. Cobra and in my kitchen jump. again! <laughs> Fireman yeah. jump. And no parachute. 
Oh man, yeah. Back in back in the day, I used to do fun things like that. Now I take myself way too seriously. Like I'm trying to make some kind of new art form or something. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> screw Hollywood. I'm just gonna do play motion. People are gonna love it. But anyways, let me not not be so de- self-deprecating. I freaking love the body of work that we sit on top of. Um, mm. In an ideal world, I'd do this professionally and be able to crank out like I don't know maybe a five-minute short once a week. Um, but it's not the case, certainly at the moment. I had such a cool yeah. moment with that. If you, if I can just take two seconds. I was, uh, I was at the Nexus for a meeting. And, you know, as it is, I was just chatting to some of the guys there. And it just came out that I, you know, I, when I went, oh, yeah, that's right, when I went to go and pick up my new microphone. And they were like, oh, what do you do with the microphone? I'm like, um, uh, we have this podcast. And they're like, oh, cool, what mm-hmm. podcast? G.I. Joe, uh, G.I. Joe book. And they're like, oh, that's really awesome. How long have you guys been going for? It's like, oh, well, 10 years. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and you still really? haven't heard of oh us? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and we have this YouTube channel as well. If you want to, you can check out the podcast on YouTube as well if you don't do any, you know, pod, pod streaming sites or podcatchers. And like, oh, wow. And then they're like, that's, they saw the play motion stuff. So like, oh, cool. It's like, are these reviews? And I'm like, no, this is better. This is where we like you know, play with our toys in front of camera. And they're like, oh, awesome. And they're like, which one should we watch? And I'm like, well, I chose Bad Luck Lady because it's like, I find like Bad Luck Lady is a good entry point for a lot of people if they're not Joe fans, you know? And they love the shit out of it. Like I got a message like two days afterwards going, okay, we just watched everything. (laughs) (laughs) And they loved it. And it's like, that's so rad. And she, uh, uh, and Cleo was just actually saying to me, she's like, I love how the voice acting is not cringy. And like, that mm. means a lot to me because like, I know how much effort we put in to make sure that, you know, the voices come through really well. And I know that we use like talent from all over the place, you know, whether it be fellow Bergforce members or, you know, ourselves or our spouses or, you know, <laughs> and it was just, it was cool to hear that. So yeah, I just thought I'd add to that. Because hmm. we do have a cool got some so. lovely engagement from Hans in the chats. He's saying that uh, in my mind, Blood wasn't trying to corrupt Rikondo despite appearing totally mercenary. Blood is lonely and would like someone to share his view. Bang on, yeah. Let me not undersell Blood's complexities. Um, at that point, he was also trying to negotiate himself out of a sticky situation. He's caught. He's tied up. He's got a gun to him. Like he's trying to find any way out of the situation, and that includes appealing to Ricondo's greed or any kind of scruples that he might have. Um, but yeah, also it is a lonely life, I'm sure. Um, and indeed, Blood is disappointed in himself. He let the trials break him. <laughs> I mean, he writes bad. He writes poetry that speaks of great pain and depth. Or great um, disillusionment and, and being misled. I mean, like, it was always played up in the comic books, at least, that he believed himself to be a better poet than he actually was. And Cobra Commander, well, the way Larry Harmer would script Cobra Commander was almost poetic himself. And, and great, like, kind of literary knowledge um, who mocked that blood was so bad that he thought... Um, Proust rhymes with Faust. <laughs> oh dear, that's a, that's a, a little bit of a highbrow gag. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> so the next two comments um, on YouTube uh, both focus more on our Jokon videos. 
Uh, first up is Dal Noir. My favorite memories of Joburg was the video series you did over your trip to America for Jocon. I can really feel the excitement and joy coming from you guys as you explore the great American plains while en route to Jocon. And with most and with most joyful things, there's a tinge of sadness as well. As all wonderful mm. experiences can only exist as memories, and the road trip couldn't last forever. The footage from Jocon really illustrated how friendly and family-like the Joe community is. Thank Hell you yeah. very much, Del Noir. Have you guys ever revisited those videos? Yeah. Since editing them and watching them a couple of times, no, not yet. A couple of months um, ago, I got Celia to sit through them with me. So she said, like, <laughs> you forced that, her to that sit through That was the only them. way I could get her to meet you guys, technically. Like, I yeah, know, because true. of like lockdown and, and, and all that crap. So mm. yeah, These are my like, friends, girlfriend. Yeah, these are my friends. <laughs> I have real friends. <laughs> I don't just talk to a computer on my own for two hours at a time. <laughs> Well, oh, at geez. least you know that I don't. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. true. It's true. Uh, Tesso's Wrath uh, says, "Best Joburg memory is probably when I first watched the Jocon videos. I just had a mm. similar experience on a smaller scale, going to Comic Con for the first time after years of wanting to go. And after seeing the Jocon videos, I went to a small Joe convention and started my Ara collection there. Sweet, bitten That's... by the bug, made it grow yeah. and grow." Yeah. That's so cool Look. to know that someone is inspired to kind of like go to their own convention and kind of like start their own collecting because they saw our videos. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Well, where else are you ever going to experience your hobby with like-minded individuals in the flesh? Like, sure, we can all jump on these online communities, but you have to come to a convention in order to like really get to grips with the community, like physically get to grips with them. Um, it was certainly the first time we met reams and reams of uh, amazing people. Like the, the final Jocon was, yeah, it, it, just, just w one of those watershed moments that kind of really peeled back the lens and we were like, oh, oh, th these other people on the side, you know, on, on across the, the ether, like the other side of the looking glass, they're real people. Uh, mm. What an elation to, to be in their presence. And, um, they're like, and they're just like us, you know. I could That's name cool. names, but I'm going to stop short of doing a long-winded list by just just naming one. And it's very timeless. It's the first time we ever met Brian Lower HCC 788 for the first time. Mm -hmm. And what a wonderful moment that was. Because we, anyone in the G.I. Joe community who had been regularly watching his reviews has a relationship with this man. We have an idea of who he is. And to get the opportunity to meet him face to face. The reason I bring him up specifically is because he's recently resurfaced. And I am overjoyed to see videos from HCC. He's uh, currently authoring a vlog as he does a road trip across the country. Visiting some of the same places we visited, gents. He was uh, at the Washington Memorial. Like, in the very mm. spot we stood, gents. So, wonderful to see our, our pal. Um, I would urge anyone listening to this to check out his channel. He's currently hoping to do a charity drive. It's that time of year, folks. And I don't know if you recall, but in the past, he's always joined forces with Timmer. 
and uh, done a charity drive where someone can donate to any child um, benefiting charity. Uh, just show them proof of that donation and they will go into a lucky draw. I think last year, Timmer was raffling a Tiger Force psych out. Paul would be licking his chops, except I already helped him get one in the past. Yeah. <laughs> Ticked that box. Um, if it was a Tiger Force Outback this year, Timmer, um, now you're talking. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But still, it's a good cause. Um, yep. And well, it's wonderful to see uh, Hoodie back, back, in, back in the saddle. Has he still got that, um, that thing where you can sort of donate to his uh, trip? Like, oh, yes, where you yeah. Can... Cool. Uh, if you'd like to sponsor him a tank of gas, that would also be, or anything that you can spare uh, to help him on his trip, that would be amazing. Um, he's undertaken this trip mainly as a journey of healing. Uh, he's gone gone through a pretty rough year, um, and I, I can only imagine the lead up to it was pretty rough as well. So he's taken to the road to just get some space, some perspective. Uh, you know, let me not put too much on it, but if you are in a position to help and you'd like to help out an old friend, um, his PayPal details will be in the description below. And do visit Boom. his channel to get the scoop on what he's up to. <laughs> Robbie. Another glowing uh, bit of praise, if you please. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so we're moving on to Facebook now. Uh, Justin B. Hopkins um, had this to say. The flag in the ocean made me want to play with my toys again. The TTBP being loaded in the ocean made me buy a TTBP. Cobra Don't Surf made me buy the Manta and that silly square thing. Renegades made me buy a Buzzball. From a financial POV, I should probably stop watching your videos for a while, but I'm not going to. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're welcome, Justin. Well, look, I hope you get lots of joy out of those toys. Anything that we bring to the screen, it's after a serious vetting process of play. So we just want to show the very best aspects of the coolest toys ever created in the history of the world. <laughs> this is our sworn mission. So yeah, the Manta and the Buzzball, shit. I'm, uh, I'm glad we've, we've allowed you to develop an appreciation for those gems. All of this stuff has merits. You just got to sometimes look past some things. Hmm. Just got to find it. You know, find your favorite toys. And, yeah, it's cool. We can help people find those. Um, he hasn't bought awesome. a scoop yet. So we're going to get uh, That's not working. Mm -hmm. That's not working yet. I need to talk Everybody more Everybody should it. have a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Darren a Cobb. scoop review, at least. Come on. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll, 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 if, I, if I can survive this heat, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely get on that. I was waiting for Ice Cream Soldier, but uh, he's obviously never going to come. So oh I will... Uh... 2032, my friend. 2032. 2032. 2032. Okay. <laughs> um, so Dan Cobb says, As to my Joe memories, so many enjoyable hours traversing to work, listening to the podcast, and reliving my childhood watching the Playmotion vids. It's been great learning how others played with the figures I had, the stories they created for their versions of the characters, and of course, without this fine community, I would never have learned that while knowing is half the battle, the other half is not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, that is quite profound. I really, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is, wow. Thank you, Darren. Uh, I'm going to jump in with uh, MCDJ, ACDC, who loves our the race play motion it was a one shot um 
it's actually dedicated to him uh, because I know that his favorite character is Copperhead. So um, it was it was dying to be done, and certainly lovely to give that file card quote of his a little bit more uh, backstory. I mean, it's definitely Gung Ho who's talking about him, and so there must have been some brushing between those two men, and it might as well have been a, a breakneck boat race down the bayou ending in a bit of a stalemate but uh hopefully it's a jump on point for a further adventure and copperhead will feature in a little chat that i have queued up uh post birthday might even be uh, a topic of discussion um in a little birthday unboxing so stay tuned mm -hmm. mc and any fans of this particular fan boat operating gambler man, he's a lot of untapped potential. And I feel like pairing him up with the water moccasin has somewhat hemmed him into a place that he, he needs to defy those, those, those boundaries. Like he's yeah. not just a boat driver. Like he's a, yeah, he's an interesting operative. He's not a dreadnought, but he almost could have been. Maybe he, you know, he doesn't want to mix with those scumbags. He's like, nah, forget about it. Wait a minute, that was Aussie. Forget about it. Um, help me. How did I speak with Copperhead? You gave him a bit of a, like a a, a, a drawl. Drawl, yeah. Yeah. Don't mind if I do. Something like that. Yeah, that's mm. much that's closer. Ah, <laughs> oh, Hans has got a quote for me to read. Cheers, brother. I don't feel alive. Unless I'm getting little action. Nice. Thanks, bro. Any Rich, um, yeah, Copperhead. Doesn't. Awesome. Let's continue. So Christian Gassner says um his favorite oh, joke. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the real identity of Benny. What are they? <laughs> Sorry. Space man. Has to be the USS flag at sea, but there was that moment in that very same series of Roblox finding the Havoc's hovercraft while chasing down a thunder machine. Those Roblox white rhyming one-liners were priceless. Though mm -hmm. there were so many great moments, how could one just pick one? I really wish I had known you all as a kid. I could only imagine what Joe Ventures we could have come up with. Uh, so I echo that sentiment. Anyone who is kind of, I suppose, our, our inner circle, and anyone who's listening to this really... I think your angle on toys is primarily a, a sort of the angle of playing with them. You know, that is definitely G.I. Joburg's approach. And, and Christian, yeah, dude, I, I heartily agree. We would have had the most epic playtimes. Um, and that goes for everyone listening to this. Like, it's, it's a crying shame that uh, we didn't all grow up in the same village with mm. uh, access to each other's collections because, man, the times we would have had we would have gotten and... nothing done. <laughs> As for the one-liners, now I have pretty much fully written the scripts and then I kick them over to Paul to say, dude, you need to inject some 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 comedy into this stuff. <laughs> and uh, his, his penchant for rhymes uh, really comes out with Roadblock. Like, he gave me a bunch of they were just cold lines that are kind of in a vacuum. Just like, this is a cool two-line rhyme. I don't know, what would you call it? A couplet. Yeah, rhyming. Mm. Is it a rhyming couplet? Yeah. 
you know, just about a dozen rhyming couplets that Roblox could just spout. I'm like, okay, I think I'll use all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I was wedge them in anywhere there's an available spot. Anytime Roblox is even tangentially on screen, you just got his voiceover going like, "Something in the sky, it's coming in hot. If it sees us, we're all gonna die." Shit like that. Yeah, it was like ridiculous <laughs> stuff like that. I really like tapped into Sunbo there. <laughs> yeah, as you, as you should. Relentless. But we had fun with that, and 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 that's something that like that is cool. You know, is that we we do actually, you know, collaborate a lot on the stuff, and it's and it's awesome. You know. Well, like, if 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 it was any other character, it might have seemed like they were being wedged in a little bit, yeah. uh, artificially, shall we say? But when it's Roadblock. It's just this wall-to-wall wall of sound, mm. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. If I don't clear those cliffs, I want to make some nasty hieroglyphs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's actually, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good one. I like it. My only one. Oh, well, I'm sure you're coming with more. Dude, don't don't tell yourself short on that, though, because... Hieroglyphs is a bit highbrow. I was like, would you really say this? Mm." No, it's totally perfect, because that's the kind of thing that, like, if we were working for Sunbow, for example, and we put that line in, and then, you know, they they run it past, like, some educational people or whatever, because they don't want to make the, the, the animation, the cartoon seem like it's just a toy ad. They would have been like, oh, hieroglyphs. That's a, that's an expensive word on, on Jeopardy. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know man. I, mean? I think what I've just, I've just remembered one of yours, Paul, that I particularly liked. Uh-huh. I'm good looking. I love cooking and you Cobra fools better be booking. Oh God, <laughs> <not> that. Plus. <laughs> better be booking. Dude, there's there's a there's a thing in um, with airtight that I loved. I think it's in is it Atlantis Factor that it happens in, and it's just like when they're building the they're building the HQ, and airtight comes with the just with the chair and he moves it and he's like hee hee hee. I love that. I don't know why that kills me. I just I like like well he's just, poking his head around the corner as Duke falls off his chair. And yeah. then there's a whip pan to Shipwreck, who had just been shackling a, a Cobra Trooper. And this is the one and only appearance of my father's voice talents. I recorded him do a rather gruff laugh. And I thought that was perfect for Shipwreck. So, anyone care to listen back to Atlantis Factor Part 5 at that particular point? Yeah, you'll be hearing good old KCJ. That's Mr. Jabba to you. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, please continue, brother. So Range Riper Rob, his favorite part of his favorite memories was there was a four or five episode stretch when Steve chose Zartan for everything, including <laughs> best animal trainer, thus betraying his O-ring loyalties. He recalls me, uh, Rob, calling him, well, Rob me, it's Rob Rob, not, not Range Riper Rob, but me Rob, calling him out, but he was always able to sway Paul as always, looking forward to the next podcast. Oh, thanks, Rob. Aww. And thanks, Rob. Hey. Yeah, Rob, we need to do a playthrough of 
Firstly, the 1992 arcade cabinet game and maybe some excerpts of Rise of Cobra. I'm not interested in doing a playthrough of Operation Blackout. But maybe I could have my arm twisted. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like our podcast that we recorded on the subject pretty much was a playthrough. Anyways. If you want, um, I'd almost go as far as to say that uh, there's a program called RetroArc, which you can now get on Steam. Um, Mm. How you get your hands on the ROM is totally up to you. I can't encourage people to play illegally acquired software. However, it does allow you to play multiplayer arcade games online. So if you ever want to try four player (gasps) GI Joe, the arcade. Yo, Joe. All right. Get hold of that Cujo fool. Let's see how good he is at uh, rail shooters because we got to force him right here. I mean, a hey. full play. Not, not a Shotgun Scarlet or Snake Eyes, please. It totally makes a difference. <laughs> to me, it does. I don't want to be Roadblock. Oh, Duke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll be Duke. God damn it. What else you got, Robbie, my man? Okay, so I have one short one and one long one. Cool. Mm-hmm. So from this, these are now from the, from the emails. Chris Muir says when you review the catalogs catalogs i've looked through time and time again in the day so many memories came back when you started these reviews ah chris refers specifically to the benelux catalogs which we still have to do the final part to we'll get around to it eventually i know right but yeah chris is from the benelux region i believe he's from the netherlands so lucky fish he had those images uh, he had the actual catalogs to salivate over back in the day. I mean, how you can resist G.I. Joe as a toy line if you had access to those catalogs, I don't know. I think I would have just had to have absolutely every item in those catalogs. In fact, it is something that I've made my personal mission right now to like just have the toys featured in those catalogs because even the motorized vehicle packs from mm-hmm. 1988 get some serious shine in those catalogs. If you are scratching your head and don't know what I'm talking about, once again, link in the description below. Check out our very at-length YouTube presentations of those catalogs. Uh, You will not regret it. It's with the the wonderful gents from Talking Joe, or should say the the OGs from Talking Joe, because, gosh, there are a lot of us now. Uh, But, yeah, Chief and Ben joined us on those, um, those little kind of adventures into those beautiful pieces of paperwork and what a time yeah yeah very inspiring stuff great pictures thank you chris heck yeah and then finally we have dan zamansky with the he has many many favorite moments i think there are at least 12 of them (laughs) first up he he really enjoyed the card art, box art showdowns. They brought so many things to light that I had never considered regarding content I was all too familiar with. Number two, you brought, bring, appreciation and unprecedented love for neon 90s figures. <laughs> At first I was like, what? Now I get it and appreciate the perspective you bring towards them. And you might have even swayed me here and there. Just not on Firefly. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's Gary V's one of Gary V's favorites. Sorry. <laughs> what V2? Uh yeah. Like um yeah. Huh. Lime green. Hey man, it's got something. 
it might not be Firefly to most people, but it's definitely got something. Anyways, Dan, one of the OGs. Thank you, bro. But please continue, Rob. Hell yeah. Number three, he actually appreciated the early episode audio issues and Paul's animal (laughs) companion, the cricket. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Virtually unlistenable. Like, anyone listening to this who's gone through our back catalog, I salute you. That is... That's showing some serious love because it's it's a chore. It's it's hard. We've improved a little bit, but uh, you know, in terms of getting studio quality, that just ain't our bag, man. We are always going to be in remote locations to one another. Streamyard has offered us a, a lovely uh, platform, certainly better than what we used to use. Which yeah, is I wish Skype. we had this like years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, look, it's constant evolution. I'm still using the same shitty mic I've had for, I think, six years now. But uh, I'm birthday not. on yes. Friday. Birthday hey. on Friday. Soon we're all nice. going to be upgraded. Number four, the great DJ gun debate. Is DJ's gun really cool? I still yeah. say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kujo loved it. Paul, I think you liked it. Yeah, I dig it. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. It's weird. Number five, Cujo's teased to revisit a topic for another day that never seemed to ever materialize. We'd love to see a compilation episode or a deep dive on all those topics. Or just a super cut of like Cujo saying, "Mm, I'm not going to get into that right now. (laughs) I seem to recall him saying that a lot. Something, Hmm. Something to look into. Number six, an early dogfight episode. I cannot recall the episode number. It was an early hook that kept me coming back for more. Ah, we each promoted a jet, as I recall. Mm. Robert was the hurricane for you. Paul, I think you were the night raven. And Mm. I was the sky striker. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Damn, I I don't think we got a definitive, like, victory out of that. I mean, we could have put it to a poll, but, like, the problem with polls it is... It was so early, vote... though. Yeah, I don't true. think we even we... thought to do polls back then. I don't I even think, think we had we... the means to really do them. And I don't think we had the listenership. Like, Yeah. It was in the early teens or maybe even the 20s. But, yeah, it's it's been a very recent thing. Like, actually being known as an entity, I find. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. But for a long time, it was we, we were kind of podcasting into the void. Just like... Oh, we're just doing this for ourselves. Don't think anyone actually listens. Mm-hmm. Apparently they did. Number seven, your Silver Mirage review. Yes, I may be a bit biased on this, but the review was so well done, it truly found a perfect home and a rightful owner. Now, Dan got me that Silver Mirage, but he went above and beyond the Call of Duty in that he gave me a completely disassembled Silver Mirage. And those of you who are familiar with the Silver Mirage know exactly how many parts that is. It, it is a model kit. Okay? Make no mistake about it. It is very detailed. He included a set of blueprints. So effectively, he gave me the experience of making one of these as it would have gone back in the day. So the least I could do was whip up a review as soon as possible, which had me... <laughs> shooting Silver Mirage with 1985 Commando Snake Eyes on the unfinished bridge in the middle of Cape Town, Rob. Oh. (laughs) And I cycled there in the dead of night on my bike and kind of cycled through the barriers, 
hopped over like between the, t- the two like unfinished highways. It was some guerrilla filmmaking, man. God, gee. That sounds like crazy experience. Well, it's worth it. Get that shot on an elevated freeway at night overlooking Cape Town. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Anytime you made me pause for a top five, top ten, or definitive sculpt topics, I could compare my answers with each of yours. Nice. Dan was the and, first person yeah. to put me onto the, the idea of someone actually doing that. Uh, I hope it is done because I love the collaboration. I love the fact that anytime we do a top ten, everyone out there in listener land like we've all got opinions you guys are hopefully constantly comparing like what you would have picked in the similar situation so all of our hypotheticals uh, it, it tickles me no end to know that that people take these on and and compile their own lists please do that's what we're here to do like stimulate conversation and dialogue and debate in a turmoil within yourself <laughs> <laughs> Number nine of 12. Paul's storm of shadow voice cracks me up every time. <laughs> hmm. I'm so glad to hear it. It's not my best one. Thank you. Yeah, I'm to have Dan. another crack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> number 10. Hit and run versus Alpine debate with HCC 788. Gaius delivered a swift blow by emerging from the water with HR camera face paint. Hashtag dedication. You represented the rifle for winner well, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Uh, he refers to me as Gaius Beltar. Hmm. Or Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Battlestar. Or, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think the remake. <laughs> um, I once used to have long, curly hair. Long you did. That's how I, I, you had that when I met you. I think you were doing... It was doing a lot longer, musical? mate. Mm, this is in my varsity days. I'm not going to dig up a picture, but yeah, it was sort of down to my, I don't know. My fringe was, was certainly down past my, my neck. So that, that gives you an idea of the length. Anyways, whatever. It's my guy's belt all days before I got the handle. <laughs> Number 11, getting a chance to meet in Chattanooga, purchase Joe items from a car oh, boot dude. sale and tossing 12 inch dollies with parachutes from a multi-story parking garage <laughs> with Rob Walsh and Bart Simon. Hmm. That was great. Yeah, and that was included, or bits and pieces of it at least, in uh, part two of our Road to Jokon. So if you want to see us chucking extremely expensive prototype uh, G.I. Joe 12-inch figures off the top of a car park, yeah, wild times. Nah. And that also out. opens with, with Word Burglar calling you up on stage, Rob. So he can compose a rap on the spot about Scoop. Hell Tell yeah. you, man. Guy's a genius. Crazy times, crazy times. And finally from Dan, number 12, you guys fixed Battle Force 2000 in episode 80. Drop the mic. Boom. Sweet. I should remind myself of what we said. But <laughs> that means dealing with crappy audio. Ah, <laughs> you can't win. Sorry about that. <sighs> Thanks well, for I, playing, I guys. Everyone, yeah, that, that sort of wrote in and, and shared the times that you really enjoyed. I mean, I think our best times are every time we get together and, you know, chat to each other. And I think, yeah, may they keep on coming. Thank you, Ryan. 
<laughs> ah, the best for him was the flag review and Paul's description of Keelhaul. Badass mother clucker. <laughs> no, one handsome motherfucker. One handsome mother clucker. Yeah. <sighs> Which got me in hot water, Paul. It Jeez. did. Someone That's why I have to share strongly. It. They were like, uh, you could have given us a language warning in your toy review. Um, I mean, I didn't want to censor you, bro, because that's not what we're about in G.I. Joe book. We let the F-bombs fly as frequently as we feel necessary. But um, someone did comment, and that's why why I wrote, ex- what was it? Explicit opinions warning um, yeah. in the title. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. Oh, and Paul saying whatever whatever's is the best thing about Jojo Brook, apparently. <laughs> According right. to Matthew Comstock. <laughs> Followed by Fight Me. Okay. <laughs> now you guys are just taking the piss. Whatever's. Um, yeah, whatever's. Thanks, everyone. Um th- th- I mean, as I say, this was posted a while back, but we've yeah. finally gotten around to to getting them out because I've finally gotten over myself and yeah, yeah. Ten years, let's do a little victory dance. Well done, boys. This has been so vital to my, even my mental well-being. You know, I go through life and my day-to-day things and toy hunts and bits and bobs of news and other things that I've absorbed from other podcasts. I'm constantly storing up stuff that I want to talk about week to week. And this podcast provides such a great uncorking. Because, yeah, absolutely, we walk around with our opinions bottled up in our brains all day, every day, continually. Ah, oh, man, I I can't recommend it highly enough for everyone to have a podcast or a blog or a YouTube channel, even if no one watches it, even if it's just a, a journal entry. So important. But I'm sure I've said that on the record before. I'm just grateful that uh, that I have this platform. The fact that people actually listen to this stuff, bonus. So Heck this yeah. is a, a lovely thank you from me to everyone out there who's joined us on these escapades through thick or thin. Um, yep. Here's to another 10 years, boys. Boom. Hell yeah. 2031. 31. And can nice. I... I just want to just throw in a few things as well because that's Ooh, what I do apparently. Because that's what Paul does. Um, in the time that what we've been, what you mean? I can't G.I. talk G.I. alone, like soliloquy this entire podcast monologue. It's <laughs> not just the S Jobs show. Not just you. Uh, carry on, brother. Um, <laughs> since since uh, we've been doing this uh, podcast, we've seen some very cool. Well, we've met some really awesome people, and you know, and I mean you guys have just, you know, been through some of the awesome people that we've met, but those awesome people have also been doing some very interesting things. Um, for starters, the, uh, chaplain's motorpod that is Gary V or Gary Viola's, um, podcast, which is now uh, currently out there, which is pretty cool. Um, Matt, uh, as in Matthew Comstock swordsman, uh, he's been doing a toy blog. Uh, he's been doing a GI Joe blog on the rest- restoration of his GI Joe stuff which is pretty cool. Um, and I've been keeping an eye on it and, and getting the blow by blow when he posts stuff, which has been really awesome. It's on WordPress. Um, and yeah, we've just seen, I mean, Ryan, you have gone into collecting your classifieds. I mean, I, I, I personally think you're quite instrumental. 
or well, that your contributions were quite instrumental in the success of um, the the Robo Skull, um, because yeah, you've done a lot, and we've just seen so many cool people like or, and met so many cool people because of this podcast that are just doing so many cool things as well. And if you're not doing cool stuff, that's fine. It's not like you don't have to. It's just it's cool to see guys like you know. Uh, also, um, Chris McLeod, he's also involved with Skeletron and being able to. You know, also like with uh, HCC, all the cool stuff that he's done with regards to the Cobra Convergence. And yeah, we've just had a lot of fun with the show. And I just want to just give a shout out to some of these peeps. And there's more. There's like way more out there. I think uh, JD Onesie, <laughs> JD Onesie, um, he's the, him and Brian Hatch, they've got their show that they do. It's been General mad. Geekery. Yeah, I've had bots and... I've had Bart and Jim with me on Some Assembly Required, which I will be pulling back into circulation now that Bart is back home and we can sort of do things a little bit better. And now that my studio is a little bit better now, just putting that out there. Anyway, enough of me. Rob, <laughs> please say something. Rescue me. Rescue me, Rob. Say you love Scoop. Scoop is pretty cool, though. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Well, it's so hot. <laughs> Rob's put his fan on. All oh, right, shit. That... Sorry, I forgot to switch it off. <laughs> no, by all means, please be cool. No, sorry. Um, crack a window, boys. Crack a bottle and um, toast crack to a fart. A... <laughs> <laughs> toast, toast to a beautiful friendship. Uh, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, if you want to get a hold of GI Joeberg, easiest way to do is through any of your socials, be it Insta, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Or if you want to send us an email, by all means, a real South African hero at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a patron. If you want to listen to these podcasts a full 24 hours early and have a very spelty invite to be in our live studio audience, it'll cost you only three bucks a month. That's a or cup more, of coffee split between three guys. So. Heck yeah. <laughs> we each get a few sips of that cup, but mm. it's much appreciated and, and it goes towards us being able to get things like the Robo Skull Mark II, which we are getting when everybody Yay. gets theirs in two years' time. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Um, so stuff like that, like it's it's very circular. Um, it's it's not going into anything m mundane like feeding us or keeping the roof off our heads. <laughs> it's yeah, it's purely yeah. playtime money. And we're thankful for that, by the way. I mean, mm, the fact that absolutely. we can use the Patreon for getting stuff like, you know, toys and stuff to review and for being able to pay for shipping for the toys that get sent to us uh, for that we can review. And it's just been super helpful. So thank you mm. to our Bergforce members. For but that. of course, we'll keep doing everything we do uh, as free as the air to anyone who has an internet connection. Um, so if you are... Wanting to help us out in another way, uh, of course, liking, sharing, subscribing this video, uh, telling a friend about the podcast, bumping us on someone else's Facebook group. I, I typically don't like pushing our stuff on the other the groups, the sort of the ARR 1982 to 1994, GI Joe Uncensored. Um, but you know. I wouldn't uh, complain if anyone else shared our stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm Cheeky. also a little bit like, like, I don't yeah. want to say insecure. Don't want to promote our own I mean, shit. I just well, feel it's like just promotion. Yeah. If someone's like, oh, you know, if you listened to the latest episode of Joe Jarberg, they had some cool opinions about so and so. I mean, yeah, or exactly. I do it I, in a kind of sexy, like, like underhanded way. Like if someone's saying, Joe Jarberg. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, if someone's saying, like, <laughs> oh, how awesome is that new classified croc master? It's so cool. I want to, like, have my croc master fight my um, Sergeant Slaughter by Valiverse. And then you could be like, well, check out this footage of original croc master fighting you know, warthog driver sergeant slaughter by gi joburg you know give him a, a link to cobra clutch stuff like that. oh my goodness too cool too cool anyways we told rob he was off the hook and then we kept him we kept him chained to his desk <laughs> we tied him down get outside have some fresh air have a smoke my friend um well, that's a bit of a contradiction in terms uh, but we'll be back <laughs> with episode 225. In 225. That's mm. a nice number. Yeah. I like it. Oh, cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers. And 225, won't that technically be Stephen's birthday episode? Bum, bum, uh, bum. Technically, it will be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen a couple of days, two days after his birthday. We'll be recording it. Yeah. Oh, so at least we'll yeah. Know this. Yeah. It's going to be great. You're going to have your birthday twice. It's so nice yeah. to have it twice. <laughs> Yo, Joe, boys. Yo, Joe. Joe Marsberg. Dinja Lank. Lekker langsam. Joe. 